Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. There's some low prices over there. There's unparalleled customer service and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. So go to KieferIncTesting.com. Click on that RMATVMC banner, please. And that directs you back over to their site. Continue to do your shopping, and then when you check out, that just gives us a slice of what you guys are purchasing. So thank you for the people that are doing that. It really does help us out over here, and uh, I will thank you personally if you come up and tell me you shop at Rocky Mountain. So thank you. Uh, Guess what? 2022, 2022, 2023 Revo gear is out over on FXRRacing.com. You can check that out. Use the code KKMX35 to save 35%. That is a huge discount on some badass gear, so go check that out. And if you're a lady and you shred, I have a special discount code for you. Just hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I will get you that code, and you get a better deal than the dudes. That is a score. And Racetech, racetech.com. Get your suspension done. If you got a new bike, 2023 model, they have specs already out for you guys right now. I uh, just did a spec on the Honda and a Kawasaki here recently with Racetech, so I know it's good. You can go to Racetech.com and use, if you guys are going to order, use the code word Kiefer to save some money. Or you can just hit me up on my email, and I will get you in contact with Chris Riesenberg or the guys at Racetech and get you down the track in a faster, more compliant manner. I like that. A faster and more compliant manner. I think that should be their new slogan. And, of course, you guys want to do some racing? You're old. You're over 40. The guy in studio with me is over 40, and we uh, still like to go moto. You want to do longer moto, 17 minutes or longer. That is a long time for us old assholes out there. September 3rd and 4th, Old Timers Association's going to Hangtown. So maybe me and this guy will do this for a warm-up for the Vet Nats. Hangtown is coming up, and uh, two days. That's right, two days, Old Timers Association. Go to oldtimersmx.com and check them out. Or if you have any questions about that association, you just hit me up on my email, and I'm happy to give you guys the info that you need. And thanks to all of our 2022 sponsors, we're wrapping up the year, or slowly but surely, we're winding it down. Power Motorsports, you want a Yamaha? It's coming out. They're taking orders. KTM, we're going to talk about that here soon. And, of course, Kawasaki, Team Green. PowerMotorsports.com. You go check them out. You can hit me up on my email. I'll get you a special Kiefer Inc. discount if you want a new bike. Works Connection. We talked about the new uh, foot peg mounts that we're doing for the 2022 and older Yamahas. That'll be out soon. Ride Engineering, Pro Taper, 6D Helmet, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Dunlop Motorsports, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, Fastco, if you want a little bit more comfort out of your KTM. God knows we all need some comfort out of that bike and less vibration. So you can visit the Flex Bar. That is cool. We did a 
a test on that bar over on my website. You can check it out. If you guys have any problems, you guys want to search, there's a search engine on my website. It's not that hard. You just punch in what you're looking for, and it'll pop up. If it doesn't pop up, that means I didn't do it yet. Then you can just hit me on my email and ask me if I'm going to do it or if I have, and maybe I didn't put it up because you never know. All right, we're going to do a little something different today for this podcast. Uh, Every time I'm around Steve, he tells me mechanic stories uh, when he was a mechanic or whatever you want to call Steve back in the day what he was. Uh, I hang out with a lot of mechanics. Some of the best times I've had at a Supercross race is just telling stories about what's going on currently inside the truck or past previous teams or whatever. So I brought my guy, Eddie Larratt. Eddie, I'll let him introduce himself and what teams he worked for. But right now, he currently helps Aiden and I with bikes, um, more so on the side of Aiden and his practice bikes. God knows I need help with that because between testing, writing, typing, talking, uh, I am no mechanic. So, Eddie, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, So this show, what... Me and you talked about this the other day. We were just bullshitting about some stuff, and you told me a story, and I go, we need to do a show just about mechanic stories. So this episode is dedicated to three specific stories Eddie has about his day being a mechanic. Uh, Some of them are really funny. Some of them are kind of like, it's bullshit. But every mechanic out there right now, if you're listening, you have a story. Uh, you guys bailed out of the industry like Eddie has. Eddie doesn't no longer work in the industry. They've got plenty of stories of how they've been burned or the good times that they had. But nonetheless, man, there is all kinds of stories out there. And uh, I, I get a kick out of Eddie. So I thought, why not do a podcast? I'm sure you guys will. Because uh, an old codger once told me back in the day at Dirt Rider, he's like, chances of you liking something, and if you like it, Kiefer, someone else will too. So... Eddie, give us the background. I know people probably heard you on this podcast before, but the teams that you work for, how'd you get into dirt bike in, so on and so forth. Yeah, so I started uh, riding kind of late. I was a baseball football guy all through, you know, my younger ages, even into high school. Played Shocking a lot of- that you played football, being that you're 220 <laughs> pounds and six foot two or whatever. Yeah, I actually didn't like football. Really? Yeah, I played two years of it, and I said, nah, it's not for okay. me. I, I like baseball. I, I played baseball at a young age. Uh, my dad was my coach, always involved in my baseball stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly think if my parents would have been a little more, you know, Dan Villapoto, Tony Alessi-ish yeah. pushing, I probably would have had something there potentially in baseball. But um, one day my buddy invited me to go ride. I've always rode. I mean, my family's always been the desert, Thanksgiving, you know, Cal City, Mojave, Da, 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 da. So I've always rode dirt bikes, but one of my buddies was a racer, and he said, hey, you need to come out to LACR and check it out. I live in Santa Clarita at the time. And so I LACR said, for you guys back east or wherever you're at, Los Angeles County Raceway, which has been a, a staple in our Southern California motocross local scene for, for a long time. Yeah, so that was my local track. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do the Friday Night Lights thing, you know? Yeah. They, they practice Friday nights, so, so hot in the summer here. So I went out one time, and... uh I rode the back track, which, you know, now would we would call the vet track, you know, but they had front track and a back track. So I rode the back track, and then as uh, the, the place kind of started to mellow out towards the evening, late evening hour, I said, let's take a crack at the main track, you know, and I rode that, and I was like, this is way fun, way more fun than riding around in the desert. Yeah. You know, I enjoy my you family. You got traction. But, yeah, it's just, you know, there's the tracks change. You get bumps and berms, and 
So I was like, this this has even when I went to the desert, I made a track out yeah. of the bushes. Right. You know, so I'm like, this suits me. So that's kind of where my writing background started. But my dad was a um uh construction worker, he did guardrail. Mm-hmm. My mom worked at a dentist office and never really had like that mechanical background. So your dad never really rode? My dad rode. My dad rode a lot. Oh, YZ four ninety. Okay. Um yeah, wrote ding, a lot. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, but never worked on his own stuff. Okay. You know, I mean, he he had physical hands ability. He was a laborer, you mm. know, a hardworking dude, but never worked. Like, we had a drag boat. He'd tear into his drag boat. His dad, my grandpa, was actually an engine instructor at, um, I think it was Caltech. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had that mechanic background, but my dad never did it. So I said, you know what? I'm tired of going to Pit Pro, which was my local motorcycle shop, Russ Wagevin. Uh I said, you know, I better learn how to do this myself. You know, I'm tired of running down and getting tires changed and, you know, stupid stuff. So I just. So how old were you, how old were you then? So I when decision? I when I first started digging into my own stuff, I'm going to say I was probably a junior in high school. So cruising okay. around the 14, 15. Area. Which is crazy to me because I my kid's right there. And he yep. has zero interest. I mean, I shouldn't say zero. It's about 25% interest of learning inside and out of a motor, right? Yeah, so my first task was changing the oil on our lawnmower. Okay. A lawnmower? Lawnmower. Oh, wow. Yep, a little bridge in Stratton. So I told my dad, no problem. I'll change the oil on it, you know? Okay. Pull the drain plug out, change the oil, filled it up to the top, put yep. the dipstick back in, <laughs> pulled out it, cranked on that Yee! thing for two hours. Wouldn't start. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And uh, so I had one of my buddies come over, and I'm like, dude, I, my dad's going to kill me. I just ruined his lawnmower. Yeah. You know, this we got grass all over the house. We need a lawnmower. And uh, my buddy said, dude, you put way too much oil in this thing. So, you know, there it is. Okay. Lesson learned. And you start learning from there. Follow the dipstick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that's kind of where it took off. Um, one of my best friends, Chris Honnold, back in the day. He's an O'Neill guy. He was. Okay. He's, not, he's no longer. It's he's a sad, sad story for that kid. I don't really want to get into it. It's kind of personal for me, but he was, he was the O'Neill team manager. He went to Liat. Did he race for a long time at LACR too? Yes, he did. I remember that name. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, um, he's the one that got me into riding and his dad would wrench on his stuff. So I, I just stuck with him. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, you know, and watch things he would do super meticulous. That's where I got a lot of my meticulous mechanic ability was I'd watch everything he would do. I mean, he wouldn't just pull an axle out, clean it with contact cleaner, grease it, and put it back in. He would he would scratch, ride it, take every little black mark out of it, redo it. So, anyways, that's kind of what started. That's where it all started was I had to do my own stuff mm-hmm. because I, my parents would have had no problem paying to do it. But I got just tired of like, oh, I could pull the wheel off. Now I got to wait for my mom to get on the five, run me down there like, shoot, I want to ride tonight. Right. So, we just do it. So, I figured it out. You know, I figured it out on my own. And- I never attended any schools, no MMIs, none of that stuff. I just did everything, basically trial and error on my personal bikes. Uh, God, I had a 97 YZ125 that, that Jeff at Bills did the motor on. Got that thing home on Friday night. I was so stoked to put it together and go ride to fairgrounds. Put the piston in backwards. Hmm. Blew it up. But I learned. That's what I'm saying. You learn by screwing up, right? Yep. Uh, and that's... And it's kind of the same way with racing for me. Like, uh, 
just, you know, you get your ass kicked at Loretta Lynn's, you learn from that. You, yeah. you don't learn. I mean, I guess you do learn. If you're really, really smart and good, you learn from when you win. But right. most of us don't. We're just like, I won. So, and, and that's something that goes across life in general. Yeah. I mean, the people that get keep getting knocked down at work or whatever, one day those guys will hit it. And it's the same thing in, in any type of sport, whether your kid's playing soccer, baseball, whatever. You know, like I always say, you got to hit the bottom before you can hit the top. Right. You got to know how to lose before you know how to be a champion. So, you know, it's I that's what I did. That's how I basically the approach I took. You know, I mean, sometimes I sit back and say, "Dang, I wish my parents would have pushed me in baseball." You know, like I'm watching a baseball game and I'm like, man, coulda, shoulda, woulda, maybe. You know, I had potential. I had a good worth it work ethic and. I've been playing ball since I was like five or six years old. So, you know, I, I had the background. But so, yeah, went through school, got out of school, had a couple, you know, just mall jobs and stuff like that. Nothing too serious. And my first mechanic, my first real mechanicing job was uh, Levi Reed. Mm. So, uh, you know, following around the local races and stuff, whatever. I talked to Gene, his dad, and I said, uh, same thing, you know, hardworking guy, just didn't have the time. I said, hey, can I help you guys out a little bit? You know, and he's like, well, yeah, sure. Like what? And I said, well, you, just, you know, prep bikes, whatever, get ready for the weekends, go racing, blah, blah, blah. That's where it all started, man. When I did that, I, at that point, Levi was just getting on 125s. He was fast. He was winning. And as a mechanic, there's two parts of being a mechanic. Obviously, every mechanic wants to win, right? But right. we, there's only a handful of those jobs. And most of those jobs are secure. With the people within the team, they don't want to change that morale. So those guys, those positions are very, very hard to get. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I took a different approach. I said, you know what? Instead of trying to go to the top, I want to start at the bottom, get some of these kids as amateurs, and help them progress up to the pro ranks. In my personal opinion, amateur racing is 10 times more fun than professional racing. Why is that? There's so much politics in professional motorsports. Well, a lot of politics just recently in amateur racing as well. For sure. <laughs> and, and you know what? <clears throat> we'll we'll get into that down a little bit in this podcast later, but I actually had a bike that was claimed Yeah. at Minios. It was one of Ryan Villopoto's bikes, Super Mini. And we... Who so, claimed it? I don't remember the kid's name that did it. it. It was kind of the same deal, like a... I don't want to say a no name because this kid actually has a huge name now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and I can tell you, I was not mad. Dan Villapoto was not mad. Ryan Villapoto, Chris Villapoto, none of us were mad. Because at the end of the day, we didn't own that motorcycle. That motorcycle was prepared by Team Green, given to us by Team Green. So when this came to us, I simply went to Ryan um, Draw a blank on his name. The team green rep back then. Craig Martin? Nope. Craig Martin was team manager. He was one of the truck guys. Mm. Ryan, he went then he went to the magazine side. And now I think he lives up north. I have no idea. Um magazine God. side. Yeah, he, he was a super cool dude. Oh, his name will come to me. John later. Mitchell? No, that's throttle. <laughs> I know. He's never a good friend of mine. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I went to those guys and I said, Hey, on the starting line, they they said this motorcycle's been claimed. They wrote the frame number down. They put a different little tag on the frame. We raced it the rest of the weekend. It had to go to an AMA trailer every night. And it just was a whole ordeal. But it didn't effectively direct any of us. 
Right. So that's where this whole Deegan deal. Yeah. It's kind of annoying to me because Brian and these guys, and this is my personal opinion, these guys are making such a big deal about something that don't even belong to them. Mm. Like star Bobby Reagan, those guys are the guys that should be mad. It's their hard work. It's their R&D. Look, it's all their stuff. I don't even want to get into this. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, so let's not get into <laughs> it. But we'll, the last thing about this thing, I don't think it was Brian. Uh, of course, I think some of it is, but I think he's getting heat. It, shit flows downhill. You right. know this, right? Right. So I don't think Star within that wanted that to get out, and then that goes to Brian, and that goes to Donnie, or right. whatever. Right. Granted, whatever, the kid should have got the fucking bike. Doesn't yeah. matter. But, yep. yeah. So anyway, it doesn't even matter, people, because the claiming rule, I just got a, a message today, that's going to be changed. So I'm sure you're going to be seeing that all over the internet anyway. So that whole yep. rule is going to be different next year. So stand by for those new rule changes. <laughs> so if nonetheless, this Schofield kid didn't get what he wanted, but he changed amateur racing. Yes. For me, that's cool. Like what he did, yeah, yeah he didn't get what he, he, he should have got. Right. But he actually changed the face of amateur racing. Yeah. So I don't know that to me that's, and, and that and I think <clears throat> you know I think that's something that should have been done many years ago. Yeah, you know. So I, I think you know kudos to that kid. I've listened to every, I've listened to them all. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, I wasn't yeah. gonna get into them, no, but when you're laying in bed, it's like I'll listen to this. You I'm go down bored. The rabbit hole. I went down the rabbit hole and I listened <laughs> to every side of every story. Oh, I'm getting shit just for what I said. So Dude, it's like I don't know if that Brendan kid's good at putting on a show, but that kid's like he's pretty legit. You know. The kid won. Here's the deal. Uh, Aiden was C class at at Loretta's. Mm-hmm. Fast kids. He yep. won C class last right. year, so he's a good rider. Yeah, and he he's done good things in B class, so yep. he he doesn't suck. He's a good rider. Yeah, and and th- this whole thing has n- no. there is zero knock to the Deegans, to Brian, to Hayden. They're a great, hardworking family. They deserve everything they're getting because every I see all these things coming in now. Oh, that kid only gets it because of what his dad did and this and that. No, they're putting in the work. They're doing it. Brian's doing it right. Brian set himself well, I up. I don't know about right is the right word. It's it's their way. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, their way. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and Brian set himself up right. to have this life. Look, it, it, they could say the same thing for Aiden. For Aiden, sure. Aiden gets all this shit because of his right. dad, right? I'm, right? And I'm sure he's... That's partially correct. Right. He wouldn't have half the shit he has right now if it wasn't for the position right. that I'm in. So that goes same for Brian. But when it comes down to it, you got to be good. Right. And the kid's good. The kid's good. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Let's get off that stuff. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, did you go to MMI? No MMI. You taught yourself? Yes, sir. Okay. 100% self-taught. Do you, what, before we move on to this, what do you think about MMI and those kind of institutions? I, I actually have some friends, uh, Dwer, Derek Dwyer, yeah. who works for Pierce Brown. Yeah. He went through an MMI program. I got um, Moto Concepts. When I worked at Moto Concepts, Derek was there. I got to work with Derek a lot. He was very intelligent on mechanicking. Mm-hmm. But I, what you, the things you miss in MMI are actual race Situation. situations yeah. they can't teach you that mm-hmm. you know so my buddy scotty yakins who i worked with um at and he has his own thing now he does yeah. I, and he's gonna kill me i don't know the correct I, name he's of it kill me because i don't know that i want to say about it's it like on the pulp show before sxmx pro mechanican or something sorry oh, scotty. Ahead, talk, keep cutting no, we'll figure but, it out yeah so he scotty is more oriented to race stuff so if you 
if you want to be a race mechanic, I would go that direction. If you want to go work at a shop, a nine to fiver, then MMI is great. Right. Because they'll teach you Harleys. They'll take you, teach you gold wings, you know, so you can work on maybe Hanny's gold wing one day or something. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, but no, I, I never did the school thing. I self-taught myself, uh, pro SX MX tech trade school. There it is. You can follow them on Instagram, pro SX MX tech. There you go. Yeah. And Scotty's a good dude, man. I, I worked with him for a couple of years when he was with Sipes, uh, one year at star and when we converged that team star Valley and then, um, I think it was a couple years with Genova over at Moto Concepts. So, so what are the teams that you worked? So, give us your background, starting from where'd you start, where'd you end up, finished, and then we'll start, okay. start yeah, telling yeah. the stories. So, I started um, obviously with Levi Reed, yeah. uh, just doing our own thing. Then I uh, I jumped from Levi to Michael Young. Uh, did some uh, IMS Honda. That was back when it was the IMS Honda team. So we did that. Um, I did a couple other little things. Um, Team-wise stuff, Moto Triple X, uh, stuff like that with Michael Young. Then I left Michael Young, and I went to um, – who did I go after Michael Young? I went to Timmy Wagon and worked with Timmy Wagon and the guys over at TRE. We actually put a race team together, and that was really, really good. That was my first kind of pro gig where we actually had a semi. Jason at TRE put a semi together, and we had some decent – we had uh, some really good riders – <clears throat> so we did that uh, for, I think that was a year and a half. And then after that, I went, Timmy Wigan, I went to Alessi's, worked mm-hmm. for Mike Alessi in amateur racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I jumped from there. I want to say I went to RV, which mm-hmm. was kind of a shocker to a lot of people because <laughs> they were deadheaded against each other. And then RV... I kind of just climbed the Team Green program. Okay. Um, so basically after RV, I did dabble in the um, WBR Suzuki team with Ryan Morris. Okay. Um, I worked for him over there for one year. That team was, you know, it was a struggle. That's when they combined Cowies and Suzuki's together? Was that that um, year? Yes, that was that year. Yeah, so it was oh. Oh, uh, no, that was before that year. Oh, five, oh, six was that. It was before that. Okay. Um, we, were, we were based out of Baker. Richie Field. Owens? Uh, was that yeah. before Richie Owens? Nope, that was Richie Owens, okay. Ryan Morris, and I forget who else. Maybe Troy Adams. Two thousand four, somewhere around there. I, I you're racing. gonna find I'm really bad. So with was were you Rancho wrench, and I was racing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so I did that. I got out of there. Um, getting closer to someone. There was a bunch of little things here and there. I moved around a lot. And then you you know, went to Valley. I, I did. I did end up at Valley. Um, after. Blake Baggett in 09. Okay. Um, actually, no, I went to Moto Concepts first. And I had uh, worked with Chisholm a little bit. Uh, but my main rider was Dan Reardon. Mm. And so I had Dan Reardon. Uh, when he came off of Geico, he came to there. Um, so I had Dan Reardon, which was the 2000. What year was the first flipped head on the Alma? 10? 2010. Yep, 2010. So we had mm. brand new bike, Dan Reardon. Did you uh, get to know Gilly at all? When Rick- yes, I did. Yeah, okay. I actually got to. I rode biked with him quite a bit and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, super. Uh, that was a really fun time for me. We struggled really hard. Obviously, that new bike yes. was pretty bad, and uh, you know, I I was green to working with a rider of that caliber. You know, I mean, I had some really good riders in the past, but no one of that caliber with knowledge, and and obviously did really good at Geico. You know, so. 
Um, that was a good time though. You know, like I, for my first goal with Dan was to make it personal, like be a, fr- a good friend to him. So we, like I said, we'd road bike together. I'd go hang out at his house. Like, you know, we, I just wanted to get to know the kid a little bit better before you start. Like it's a lot easier to work on someone's motorcycle when you know him and you trust each other. Like, Hey, do this. Okay. Boom. Right. That guy leaves and it's a done deal. So, um, that was a good time. Moto Concepts, Mike Genova, phenomenal guy. Rat, I, takes really good care of his people that yep. work for him. Um, I think maybe if some things were different, I'd probably still be working for Mike. Really? Yeah. He was really, really good to me. I actually was pretty bummed. I, I let him down uh, mid-season. I left the team, mm-hmm. um, which I thought he was going to be very, very pissed. But um, that we could kind of open that up as my first story. So. Yeah. We got uh, <clears throat> it was a combo thing. Um, David Villeman was there, and we uh, Mike Young had already been transitioned out. DV came in, and uh, we got Tommy Hahn, and it was a group effort. I'd known the Hans through the whole Team Green program, amateur racing. Uh, both of them, the dads, like mom, everything. I mean, it was a great thing. You know, they were good people. So we group kind of got Tommy to come on, come on board. So we get Tommy on. Me and Brent Myron are the 450 guys. Derek DeWire and a couple other guys are handling the lights, guys. Brent Myron. China. Used okay. to work yeah, for Brownie yeah, and all yeah, them. Yep. South African. Yep. So, yeah, we were the 450 guys, and they were the 250 guys. And I said, well, great. You know, he's got Chiz. Um, we got we got Tommy on coming, you know, and I, I need a 450 guy. Reardon was phased out. And uh, so I was like, it's my guy. Cool. I got Tommy, you know, just come off factory Honda. That's some very good, you know, races over there. So I built, they had me build a bike and everything for him, get it all ready, you know, and uh, we go out and we do a couple of test days and stuff. I'm like, this is my guy. Two days later, I get called in the office by DV. Hey, we're giving, uh, we're giving him to, um, to Derek and you're actually going to work for Vince Freeze. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, whatever, you know, like I never, ever, I mean, yeah, obviously every mechanic wants to be a winner. You yeah. know, you want to stand on that podium. Right. Um, coming out of amateur racing and having guys like Ryan Villapoto and Stroop and these guys, you know, when you line up, you're, you're winning races and that feels really good. But then like, it's just like when you go from elementary school to junior high, you know, you yeah. start all over, right. you build your clout, you go junior high, to high school, you build, you know, no chicks like you and you come in. Correct. You're, you're, exactly. Yeah. So, um, the guys that I had had and, you know, I built a great relationship over there. Everyone trusted me. Uh, me and me and China ran a solid 450 program. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of a like, I don't want to say a slap in the face because that's nothing against Vince. Yeah. Because I was stoked to work for the kid. Yeah. Uh, but he was green to coming on 450. So we we're like, kind of like, you know, how's this going to be? And you know, like, I see these you know titanium bolt kits and these uh, OW factory Yamaha clamps and linkages and shit showing up for Tommy Hahn and Chiz and I'm over here on this 450 on the other side of the wall basically bone stock with a pipe and like a stepchild kind of you know but at that point Vince was just stoked to have a ride you know so he was happy so we we worked together you know and was he cool Vince yeah Vince is awesome so this is what people don't understand I mean dude I I mean I get it like the dude is gnarly on the track right but off the track, he's he's a good he's a cool dude, awesome dude. Vince is probably one of the easiest guys I've ever worked for. Really? Yeah, straight up. Like, dude, he's mellow, and I've, and I've heard he's a good test guy. He's very good. Yeah. He's I, now granted, I, I had him early on, so obviously, you know, 
a lot of people have taught him things through the yeah. through his ways, but he knows what he wants on his motorcycle. He knows, and he doesn't. He's not a flashy guy, you know. Like I kept telling him, like, dude, we need to buy a tight bolt kit. Like I'll split it fifty fifty with you, yeah, because it's easier for me to clean the bolts and everything, and it and it serves a purpose, you know. And these guys are running it for a reason. Right. We should be running it. So, I mean, we were using Enzo at the time, you know. And, there's all these A kit forks and shocks showing up, and we're over here on production stuff. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, God, we got like, what was that? Oakland one year. I think we got a 10th or an 11th in 450 oh, wow. Main. And I'm like, dude, we're on a production bike with a pipe. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, what year was that? 11. Okay. Yeah, because the second year, I had Reardon and 10 on the flip head first year, and then so oh, it'd wow. be the next year. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty. You know, I was pretty happy, you know, and we did our thing. And and then, um, was it? That was the year I left. So it was about mid season. Why did you leave? Uh, How much th- you want to indulge? It's up to you. Throttle called me mm-hmm. and said, Hey, we, we got an opening for an outdoor guy. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? And I said, Well, who's the guy? And he said, I'm not telling you. I said, Okay, well, can I hang around the team a little bit and just. See, I mean, me and Throttle became really good mechanics because I handed him RV. Yeah. So we, we became good friends through that. And uh, he's like, I'm not telling you who the rider is because I want you to come work for our team. You, this might not – I want you to be here for a long duration. Right. I don't want you to come here because you might have a high-profile rider and next year you might not. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Um, I, I seen him that weekend at the race. We talked a little bit. Met Chad Lanza, Valley Motorsports, um, which – is just as good as Mike Genova yeah. in my eyes. Yep. Guys, super Payment kind. was on time. You got your checks. Never had a problem with anything. Your reimbursements, all of that, all good. So I'll tell you straight up. that Because um, here's the big problem with a lot of mechanics that I hear about. They don't yeah. get paid on time or they're coming out of their own pocket. The reimbursement program is not very yeah, good. It's sketchy. So, yeah, no, both those guys were very good. Like, you know, we, we would do our, our work on Thursday, which is a heap of work in a parking lot, just baking, putting his motorcycles together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there was always cocktail hour after, which Chad would show up Friday night. Mike Genova would show up. With Mike Genova, he would pay it all, so we didn't have these bills and all. Mike paid for it all. And it was all within, you know, reason. We It's not like we all plastered Friday night, stumbled into Supercross on Saturday. But we had an adult team dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and he still does that to this day. These guys never like, hey, you know, I want to order six or seven beers or a couple of jacks and cokes. You want a freaking seventy dollar steak? Have yeah. it, dude. Have it. And so, I I got I got spoiled when I got into the to pro motocross scene because it was like, well, so you I'm not even some, on a factory team and I'm getting treated like a. So you were lucky enough to land on some good gigs. Yes, and and which isn't it's just rare. Very rare, and and it was, and I learned really early with the whole Vince Freeze thing. Like he taught me, like who cares who your rider is, as long as your job is secure, solid, you get paid, your checks are on time, your reimbursements, your hotels are, you know, you show up your hotel to check in, and it's it's there, it's not there, right. or it's under someone else's name that has a different credit card. Now you're, it people have no idea what a professional mechanic's all about. Right. I mean, we could talk for twelve hours on what it takes from. Wednesday when you fly out till you get home Monday. Right. They're not just wrenching on a bike and hanging out and drinking beer. I mean, there is so much more logistic stuff depending on what team you work for. Not to sidetrack the stories, but, like, did you have to work on your own engines? Did you split your own engines and do that? You didn't have an engine guy? D- 
depends what team we were on. Okay. So uh, Frenchie, I believe Frenchie was helping us at C4MX at uh, Genova's. So we didn't do we did the practice bike stuff, top ends, you know, stuff like that. Not a big deal stuff. Um, at Valley Motorsports Pro Circuit was building all their engines. Mm-hmm. So we had all PC engines, so we didn't we didn't really have to touch them much. Um, we did mess, excuse me, we did mess with our um, you know, our practice bike stuff, keeping them running. That's what we were talking about the other day. We just run GYTR heads, that whole you know pro kit, and it was it was perfect, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I decided, I talked to Throttle, I talked to them, and um, Chad slipped up. And he's like, hey, uh, I think I think you and Ricky would get along good. Ricky. And I said, Ricky? And I said, what are you talking about, Ricky? I thought it's Throttle. You know, Brownie was a suspension guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there Todd, was a couple Brown. Of, Todd Brown. Yep. yep. And, he's, and uh, there was a couple of other mechanics there that were old Yamaha Troy guys and stuff. And... Uh, so I look at Throttle and I said, "Who's Ricky? I don't even know Ricky." And he said, "Dietrich's your rider." Oh. And I went, "Oh shit! I I know that guy's gnarly and off road, right? Yeah. But I don't know him as a motocross or supercross guy, right? And so like I was like, "All right, well let's you know let's talk you know after we get home." And Throttle told me he goes, "Dude, I seen the demeanor change once you found out who your rider was." And I'm like, "No, dude, I'm good. Like I'm good. I I like the team, everything. Actually, I I want to come work for you guys." Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, you know, that transfer, like I didn't just like, oh, this Supercross, I'm working for him because Dietrich was coming for outdoors only that year. So we still had a couple rounds of Supercross. So the transition was okay, you know, like right. it still sucked for Genova. I'm sure he wanted me to finish the season out, you know, and he had my back, you know. I mean, that guy. And he was okay with it. That, yeah. I saw him at a team dinner. He missed a couple races, and he finally came to one at team dinner. might have been Seattle. And I was actually scared, dude. I was nervous really? when I saw him come walking in, dude. He came right up to me and gave me a big old hug, dude. And he was like, hey, man, no hard feelings. I get it. Like, I I kind of pushed for you to have Tommy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we wanted to give uh, Derek kind of like a bump because he had been with us for four or five years. And I said, hey, this has nothing to do with Vince Freeze, the rider, anything. Right. I just, it's a little bit closer to my house because they were down in Temecula. Mm-hmm. I'm living in high desert. Valley was in Corona. Yep. I'm like, it's a little closer to my house. And I'll be honest with you. Throttle's like one of my good friends. And he said he needed my help. So that's what friends do. Mm. Dude, I had a, I still, I, I can't, like, I had such a good time that year at Moto Concepts with David Villeman and those guys. China and, I mean, it was just an unbelievable like. So there, sorry, not to interrupt you. Not do Steve on you. This is what Steve does with me a lot. How much was you? How much are you getting paid? Forty. Uh, yeah, probably around forty grand. Okay. Ten ninety nine contractor. Oh shit. Yeah. So that taxes you're just getting jacked. Yep. And wow. you're driving, and I'm driving from here to there. I had a Scion XB. Yeah. So we were we were logging some miles. And wow. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, so that was a big part of it. I was, you know, I talked to my wife and I'm like, man, I don't want to do this because I like where I'm at. Like everyone that thinks they know David Villeman, you really don't know David Villeman until you hang around him on a daily basis. Yeah. Like that guy could sound like the biggest dick, uh-huh. but he's so fucking cool. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole Dude. to me when I was racing, <laughs> calling me out on my big bore and shit, yeah. and then I got to know him later on, and I'm like, Dude, I hated you back then yeah. just for that crap, yeah. but he's he's very smart, Yep. 
he's intelligent. Very intelligent. I don't agree with everything he says, but yeah. he's very smart with the sport. Yep. His training aspect is, is good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I enjoyed working for him. You know, he that was like his first manager gig. And I got to be around him in 2008 when I worked for Mike Alessi as a practice bike mechanic at Makita Suzuki. Mm-hmm. So he was at Suzuki that year. And so I got to be around. I got to learn him a little bit then, you know. So when he came to the team as a team manager, I'm like, oh, this should be pretty simple. You know, I know yeah. the guy. Because his humor's different, you know. He's he's different than. Oh no, his humor's different. Yeah, it's different. So he's you, French. Yeah. So you you might he <laughs> might be cracking a joke, and you're sitting there looking at him in the office chair like is he's very dry with me. Or yeah, yeah. And then he'll crack a smile or whatever. But so, anyways, yeah, I I was I dreaded leaving there, but a friend of mine was like, hey, I got a deal for you. It's good, and I could use your help. So I went there to work for Ricky Dietrich, and uh, that was eventful, man. We did a lot of shit. He didn't did he didn't do quite as good as he did when he was with the Kawasaki program. So obviously, you know, that was still that same bike. Yeah. You know, that we were all struggling to try to figure out how to make it go around the track. And we were limited resources, you know, so we didn't have the James Stewart, you know, shrouds and all the you know, radiators lowered and sucked in to make the thing mer- narrow. But we did we did some off road. We did a couple off road races, have a and some stuff and just got him kind of comfortable with the bike, but I mean, did pretty good on it. By far, yeah, the most combined global talented motocross rider I've ever seen. Really, dude, that guy could ride an off-road track. Yeah, he can ride. You know the the uh, enduro cross. I did an enduro cross with him. Um, he was one of the early ones. There's been a few, but it's yeah. one of those ones that uh, we call them all-arounders, where yeah. they can just go and show up and do good at all these things. Taylor Robert. Yep. You know Taylor Robert's good. Yep. Same kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so we got we transitioned. We did some testing and stuff. You know, like I said, we had Todd, so he was doing all our suspension. We had all pro circuit A kit stuff, so we we had good bikes. Our bikes were really good, and uh, it was me at this point. I think it was me and Jeremy Hoyer uh-huh. uh, were the two mechanics. Um, this is your Stroopy was on the team, and he had Keith, the old Yamaha Troy guy. I forget his name, but Keith was there. Brown was there, so. We had a good little team, and Struby was going through some shit then. You know, that's yeah. when things were rocky, so he didn't ride much. So it was just basically me and Hoyer and Brown and Throttle were running the show, you know. So we had a small team, but we we had a factory Yamaha, you know, truck. So it was super dialed, super set up. Like, we could build our bikes inside. It was nice. And I'm like, oh, okay, I made a did, pretty – Did Izzy – was Izzy around? Then? Izzy came later. Izzy came when we – so we got through that season – the next season was when the Star Valley merge okay. took place. Yeah. So um, we stayed in Corona. This leads to the next story, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it's they're all just kind of, they all just kind of run in, you know, but. Um, uh, before we get to the Star Valley story, which I want to get to, let's take a break. Uh, listen to these commercials. Uh, save yourself some money. It's only about seven minutes long. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. ScreenPrintingDone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirt printing business Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free t-shirts That's what I'm talking about! 
ScreenPrintingDone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? BloodLubricants.com 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save self some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-Engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages. And you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive 
and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keyforinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening and on with the show. Yeah, so so we, we all kind of heard some rumors, uh, you know, because I knew a few guys that were working at Star at the time, and we were kind of talking back and forth at the Yamaha track, Supercross test track, and we we're like, hey, there's been some rumor, dude, that we might be merging. And I'm thinking in my head, there's no fucking way. Yeah, you, you got four guys. We got three guys. And back then, that was unheard of. That Nowadays, was a like, lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking, and 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 uh, Chad had a huge shop in Corona. I mean, we had two. We had his off-road motorhome, uh, and which was that Renegade hauler. We had our semi that backed right in, and then on the other side of that, we had a massive piece of shop that we had bays, an engine, a suspension, like. It was all broke up, so we had we had plenty of room to do it. It wasn't a room thing, but it was just like, who's gonna watch all these people? Right. So, um, there was this is when Brian Deegan was wanting to get in a lights team. He wanted to run a you know be part of a lights team, not run it, but Metal Militia be a a huge part in it, title sponsor. Yeah. So, um, one day I was working in the shop. Deegan shows up. Bobby Reagan shows up. Uh, Brad shows up, 
Chad Lanza's there, and if you see Chad Lanza, you know something's going on. Right. Because he would never come he's down. He's never around, yeah. He's never around. He's up doing his thing up there. And I, I looked at um I looked at Hoyer and I'm like, hey, shit's getting real, dude. Shit's popping off. Yeah, man. shit's getting real. <laughs> and so uh this was all kind of going down around September area, you know, and uh so it was starting to make some some noise. You know, we'd just finished the last round of Supercross, or sorry, motocross at Paula. And Throttle said, hey, I need to see all you guys in the semi. And, you know, we, the, the last semi. round. You have the shop, and you're going to go no, to the semi. No, we're, we're at the race. Oh, okay. It's, race is done Saturday. Okay, we're taken down. And uh, it was, we were, um, actually, Izzy came in midway through that season. Last three races, mm. uh, Steel City, Paula, and one other one. So I was actually working for Izzy. And Dietrich had another mechanic. Did you notice anything about Izzy when you were wrenching for him? Because I did watch his Swap Moto Live thing, yeah. which you guys haven't watched uh, after you told me to watch it. I did watch it, and it was interesting. Uh, I I know some of it, some of the things that he did back in the day, you know, and then he talked about those things on the interview. But and he even said he's like, dude, I was still doing shit when I was on the yeah. Valley team. So did you ever notice so, anything? So and I worked for Nico in 2000. So I worked for Andrew McFarland in 2007 mm -hmm. at the Rockstar Suzuki team under Bud Man. Buddy was a team manager then. And I and I had uh, Andrew McFarland. He was a factory Suzuki rider, but he didn't ride for Roger. He rode under the, that team because that right. team was full with Dunge and those guys. So um, I had an issue. I had a fallen out with Andrew. And they said, hey, actually, Andrew doesn't want you to work for him no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said, Hey, no, I, I understand, you know, I, to be honest with you, I, I made a mistake, you know, that I learned. Oh, did and you fuck up something? No, I just made a mistake one night, maybe at a bar. Oh, got it. <laughs> and, uh, had a little too many adult beverages. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. You got it, lippy? No, no, nothing happened. It just, you know, that that's, you're out there being paid by American Suzuki. Got it. Yeah. They frowned upon that. Yeah. Some team guys saw tr truck drivers and shit saw, and they weren't they weren't cool with it. Yeah. So, anyways, me and Andrew kind of got into it, and and we were late to the gate on one of the motos. It was his fault, not my fault. You know, I wait for him. We go, but anyways, so make a long story short, they they said, hey, we're pulling you out. You're just gonna be a shop guy. Well, Roger saw me sitting around the shop, basically pulling plastics and putting stickers on them. And he's like, we ain't doing that. We got Nico Izzy coming up. We got to get him through Ponca and Loretta's. And then he'll do the last three with us at Factory Suzuki. Can you work for him? And I said, well, to be honest with you, Roger, I work for you guys. I'm an American Suzuki employee. All my expenses are covered by American Suzuki. So that's your guys' call, not Don at Yoshimura's or no one's. That's your call. And he's like, I didn't know that. He's like, starting tomorrow, Nico's in California. I'll get you his number. I'll get you Nario's number. You'll meet up with them, and you're going to start working for them. And I said, okay, well, what are we doing about Yoshimura and and these guys? You know, because they, they they were calling me to send stuff to Burner. That's when Burner was on the 450. Yeah, I was like to, to shut the grunge hand, you know, which I didn't mind. I actually liked it. It was a break in the sport. I could stay home with my family. <laughs> but um, they're like, he's like, don't worry, I'll take take care of it. You know, I said, okay, whatever. You know, when Roger says he's going to do something, it gets done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very next day, I get a call from Nico. Hey, we're going to go right here, blah, blah, blah. Hey, no problem, dude. Met him out there. And I'd known him from amateur racing and stuff, you know. So I, I knew Nario and, and, and his uh, wife and stuff, Betsy. They're super good family, you know. And man, we killed it. We crushed it those last two amateur nationals, you know. We didn't 
didn't do as good as we wanted to at Lara's, but we were in the hunt for championships, and and uh, so we were good. Back then, I kind of was like, man, I don't know if this kid getting a factory out of this young, this kind of money, yeah. like, might be a bad idea, but if he's got good people around him, yeah. oh, fuck, he doesn't got that either. So, but when know. you were when he was there at Valley, was he? Did you notice anything, or you just was he uh, just no. all good? No, dude, he was fucking hard working little kid. Dude, we showed up the first race. I we tested with him twice. Went to Steel City, right? Yeah. First race, qualifying practice. You know, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but hey, man, they're they're bitching little twelve inch TV monitors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like squinting to look at. Him. I'm like. Uh-huh. Throttle, I don't fucking see him, dude. Did he go down? And he's like, dude, he's in second right behind RV. Uh, and I'm like, son of a bitch, he is. I'm like, this is going to be good. And we had a good race. And I'm like, man, all right, this is awesome. You know, and we did okay. You know, like it was a learning curve, you know, him jumping on the bike with short notice and so on and so forth. But I didn't notice okay. shit. Sorry, I, I didn't notice you sidetracked, nothing. but no. I just thought that was interesting. No, I didn't notice nothing. So uh, we so go anyway. Go back to the trailer. You're going yep. to the truck. Sorry. Yep. Go to the truck and uh, throttle goes. Hey guys, I'm uh, I'm I'm out. I'm done. And we're like, oh fuck, this whole merge is coming. Uh huh. And he wants nothing to do with it. Right. And I'm like, so I was like, all right, you know, whatever. We had a few more road sodas for him and stuff like that, you know. And he calls me, uh, calls me up. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what what are you doing, dude? Like, where are you going? What do you know? Like, help me out. Like, we're sending September, right? Everyone starts their new jobs in October, right? Team gets going in October. I'm like, what do you know? Where are you going? What's going on? Like, help me out. And he's like, I'm going back to Mitch's to be an RD guy. And I'm thinking in my head, like, this must be bad, dude. If you're going to go sit in that sweat box and make pipes and dino shit all day long for who knows how much money, (laughs) probably not much. Right. I'm like, this must be a bad merge coming. So I said, all right, you know, I'm going to, play it out and see just watch it come on you know either unraveled or build so monday chad calls us all in the shop and just here it is here's what's going on you know we're merging they're coming to us um doug shapinski is going to be the team manager which was the old bridgestone guy uh which i got to know over the years so i'm like this doesn't look that bad i'm like nico's staying everything looks pretty good so uh, all my buddies that I know that work at Star, like they're coming. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is going to be pretty cool. Got my same rider, same building, close to home, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know shit about Bobby Reagan or Brad. Yeah. I don't know nothing about him other than I've a couple stories through Tickle because Tickle was riding for him then. So they uh, they show up, you know. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Bobby Every, shows up. Everything. The whole, the whole team shows up. You yeah. know, box fans with all the – parts their whole race shop that dinos everything mm-hmm. so we get all this stuff set up so our race shop prior to them coming we had a about 150 foot garden hose coming from the sink that would run to the back wall to use our pressure washer we weren't we had a bitchin shop but it wasn't like a factory shop in right? Sano, right no and and but we with a small team we made it work it was perfect yeah no one bumped into each other we all had a room right well here comes the clampets, you know. I mean, we got a we got a truck full now, you know. So I told uh, I told uh, old Doug. I said, "Hey, man, I'm down. If you're down, my dad, my father-in-law is a plumber. Let's get a scissor lift. We'll get we'll run a water line. We'll get water out there, and we're gonna build a race shot. We're gonna have power in all these bays. God, I think we built like ten bays. 
because we had amateurs. That's when uh, Cooper, uh, we had Cooper and Martin were their amateur guys. So Stars had a shit ton of dudes from the beginning, I feel like. Dude. They've always had a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't believe, like, this whole program rolled in, and I'm just thinking in my head, like, holy shit. Like, right. not only are we getting these four or five pro guys, we got these two amateur guys that are sleeping in motorhomes in the parking lot. And I mean, I'd pull into work every morning, and friggin' Jeremy Martin would be running down the street, mm. you know? And so I'm just like, wow, this is a lot. This is a big undertaking. Like, this, you know, how is this all going to work for Eddie? Fuck Star, fuck Valley. What, what does this mean for Eddie? Right. Like, how is this going to work? Because I know those guys don't make what I made. When I was at Valley, I was making forty five grand a year, which it ain't shit. But right. for those level teams, that was on the upper echelon. I got to park up front, $18 a day parking. Chad paid every one of them. I could go to whatever restaurant I wanted, right. pay for every anything I ate, anything I drank, right. anything. Like, you just send that receipt in, bam, seven jars later, you had a check or deposited, whatever it was. And I'm like, that shit ain't going to happen no more because I had talked to some of my star guys that said, no, dude, we'd, we all have to carpool and fuck, we'd be lucky if we get a $10 so, a day. <laughs> talk to the people about how he calls you in and they call you in. Yeah. So I was, we were going there next. So we get this whole shop built, right? Yeah. Me and Doug, Doug's out money out of his own pocket. I'm out money to build this race shop. So, um, we are now November one. So we're past the transition of all the team's mechanics, right? right? October 1's transition. So we're past that now. We're into November 1. So it's like, all right, we're, we're all here. So Chad busts, <clears throat> Chad pulls the renegade outside, right? And we're doing meetings. I, I, to this day, I still don't fucking get why we're doing meetings in the parking lot <laughs> in a motorhome. We have an office in the front, fully air-conditioned. Right, I like, chose to go out in the. Why are we out here? You know, I, so, won I wonder if that's the reason. Because in case shit went south, you guys are out a little bit, so none of the other guys yeah. could hear what was going on. Maybe, or yeah. Know. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. So I, um, you know, I I talked to Bobby a couple times, very briefly, because I still was kind of Chad's guy. You know, like yeah. Chad was still paying me and all the stuff. So November one, we're doing the meetings in in the Renegade in the parking lot. Carl Gunderson and all those dudes go out and they all do their meeting, dude, and they come back with these big-ass smiles. And I'm like, that's good, man. Don't say shit to me. I don't want to do nothing. I'm pumped that you're happy, dude, like, and everything worked out good for you. I'm glad. I'm like, cool. Things are going to be good. So uh, my Eddie's turn comes up. I was the first one to go for Valley out You just there. really called yourself in third person? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. So I do. <laughs> so I do go out there, you know, and I sit down, you know, and I'm kind of like, yeah, you, know, you get to the little, yeah, the little, yeah, yeah, the little yeah. nerve bugs because I didn't talk to these dudes anymore. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, I walk in, Brad's sitting there, you know, and I'd been working with Brad, so I we already I knew our person. Brad's cool. Brad, Brad is fucking awesome. He's quiet as church mouse, but he's a cool dude. Okay, that's, here's the thing. I, I'm stuck in a rock and a hard place with Brad and Steve, right? Yeah. So like, I think I'm guilty by association on some things. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Steve and Brad have beef. Right. I've never spoken to Brad. Yeah. But from what I've heard from his guys, or most dudes, he's, a, he's an all right guy. He's a good guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, he was R&D, you know, motor guy, you know, for the for that lights program. Which I, at this point, I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to be working with any of these guys because I'm a 450 guy. And, and they made it very clear that they were not building the 450 engine. 
So I was doing GYTR combo kits, right. doing my own engines, practicing there. So I go out of the motorhome. I see Brad. You know, everyone kind of gets a little shit and grin on their face because it's awkward. You yeah. know, like why can't we be in the shop? Right. Why do we have to be out here? You know. <laughs> so I go out there, and uh, Bobby Reagan looks at me, and he goes, "Well, shit, boy." <laughs> This one's not going to be as good for you as it is for everyone else. Oh, you're like, I great. Went, I went, this fucking asshole. He's gonna, you thought you were getting shit canned? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to think. I didn't think it was a shit can, but I'm like, I knew those guys didn't make the money I made, so I didn't know if I was going to their level. So I walk in. He's sitting there at the dining room with them, too. I'm sitting on the, the other side of the dining room, and Chad's sitting on kind of like a little chase lounge type thing, you know, a little chair. I mean, he's literally, like, laid out flat, just laying backwards because I think he knows, like, he's embarrassed. Yeah. So we talk, and uh, he tells me, um, you know, we're going to have to cut your salary. Oh, boy. We can't afford to pay you what Chad was paying you because it's not fair for the rest of my guys. My guys made forty grand. You make $45. i am bringing you to forty-two, and I'm bringing my guys to forty-two. So everyone in the shop that's a mechanic is paid equally. And I went, okay, that's three grand a year. Big fucking deal, you know? Right. Then I said, okay, what about food? Oh, well, meals we pay when you get to the track and when you leave the track. So, And I said, well, that's kind of fucking open-ended because what right. happens when I'm in a parking lot for 12 hours building my bike? Who's paying for the food? Well, not in that. Let's say you're there for a race and you got to go have dinner after you leave the track. Right. You're so that so that would that was all kind of covered, you know, like all the team dinners were covered. Okay, but basically nothing in the airport, nothing in the airport coming home on your travel days. Okay, every team I'd work for, Genova and and Valley paid that. So they paid it until you. They paid it from the time you left the airport till the time you got back in your car. Okay, so I said, okay, well that that's kind of a bummer because now I'm losing more money in food. Right. What about hotel, what about uh, rental uh, parking at the airport? Oh, you guys all carpool and you could park in like the twelve dollar a day parking. I'm like, okay, so now we've got to get there earlier so we can shuttle in. Most of the mechanics know we leave at fucking six a.m. in the morning. Right. So you're already getting up at four o'clock to drive down there. Now I got to get there earlier because we got to meet in Corona. Right. So I got to pass Ontario, go to Corona to meet to turn around and come back. Like I'm like, this is bullshit. You know, <laughs> like I'm pissed, and. uh we finally like kind of wrap up all the, I want to call it negative. Right. And I looked over at Chad and I go, well, that's fucked. Just like that. You know, and Chris, you know me, dude. I'm as yeah. open as, as book like, as there is. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't share. There's, no, there's no sugarcoat. No. So I looked at Chad and I go, that's fucked. And Chad gave me a, like a little hand gesture. Bobby and them were talking at the time. <laughs> gave me a little hand gesture. He's like, don't worry. I got you. Oh, okay. And I said, I kind of looked at him and I said, you're going to, cover and he's like yeah don't worry i got you because i was the only one staying yeah brownie was bouncing uh Hoyer had already bounced he went to um larry brooks's team okay so he already that, bounced. that didn't last long either no nope <laughs> they tried to get me to go there good thing they, good thing larry didn't hire With jeff me. ward larry brooks yeah thing. good yeah, thing yeah. he didn't hire me that that would have sucked but anyway so i was like you know what i'm fucking stuck so you how long did you stay um uh, Daytona, Supercross. And you bounced. Yeah, so I, I stayed. The next day. Was they, that because of the... of the? Uh, I was stuck. No, no. 
you left, didn't you? Didn't you say you're out at the race because it wasn't the? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, I'll tell a story. <laughs> okay, that was fucking great. God dang. So me and Doug, me and Doug are boys, right? Like we just built this shop. Doug Chapinski. We're fucking hugging yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. Like we got each other's back. So the next day, I go into the shop, and Brad goes, "Hey, um, I'm pretty sure we're gonna put Nico on the 250F on the West Coast." Okay. And I said, "Oh, okay, cool." So 250 West, and then 450 Outdoor, and he goes, "No, nah, 250 West." 450 East and 450 Outdoor. Yeah. And I went, dude, you got to be fucking kidding me. Now I'm going to 30 races a year. And your cut pay. More than all these fucking guys. Yeah. I was the only one doing it. You cut my pay. You cut my food. And you're making me park in the boonies. Like, so now I'm really hot. So I called Chad. I explained everything to Chad. Chad's like, dude, chill. I got you. I'm going to take care of it. He'll They'll pay you your salary. My girls will send you an additional check. All your meal receipts they don't cover. Yeah. You send it to me and blah, blah, blah. The reason for the cut and pay was because Bobby had to pay the Rockstar girls' flights to the races. Oh, my God. Are you serious? That's what I was told. Wow. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm hey, fucking you steaming. Got a, you got a line for the budget. You yeah. got to fit it all in. Even yeah. the Rockstar girls need money. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, like, can we can we leave them at home? Like, I can get my, I'll have the fucking drinks out. Right. So anyways, uh, yeah, so, but I'm stuck. You know, what am I going to do on November 1st? I'm not going to find a yeah, job. It's worth a shit. Right. And me and Nico had already been together for three, four months now, you know, going through the end of the previous season and into this one. And I'm like, well, let's see how he does on 250F West right. Coast. Right. Bobby Reagan, 100%, is all about lining his dudes up, heads up, and making them fucking race for their positions. Really? He, dude, it's no joke. And it's good. So Kyle Cunningham was our guy, right? He yeah. was the guy. So Bobby goes out to the test track. This is the same three, four days he's been here. Nico's been riding the bike for three days. No testing, just riding the bike for three days. He tells, him, he tells me, Eddie, we're on the lower Yamaha track. Hey, Eddie. Get Nico and we're gonna do a race between Nico and Kyle right now. And I'm like, yeah. And Nico was faster. Yeah. Like the lap times were, he was faster. And I'm like, dude, this ain't gonna be good. Bobbles is gonna get fucking fired up, you know. <laughs> so they did it. They duked it out, you know. And I'm like, I mean, they're fucking stuffing each other and shit. I'm like, we're what a month and a half away from a one racing, you know. And Bobby was all about it, you know. And and the more I hung out with Bobby, I was like. It was almost like the money didn't matter anymore, right? Like, the guy was cool. He was fun to be around. Yeah. Like, he's very bland and boring, but he was cool. So, I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, dude. I don't even, like, my wife could tell me, you're getting bent over. You made more money working at Tedder's as an amateur mechanic than you are at this factory team. But I was like, whatever, you know. I enjoyed working with the group of guys I had. I liked Doug. I, I liked Brad. I mean, these guys were all good people. And they were all hardworking guys that were meticulous. Like I, we shared a lot of the same values. So I, the money thing kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like if you love your job, who cares how much money you make? Right. As long as you can live and pay your bills. Yeah. If you love your job, who cares? So that went on, you know, we had a good supercross season. Nico got hurt. Uh, we brought Weston Pike in for a fill-in ride, 450. We get to um, Daytona. Uh, obviously Daytona bike week is hot as balls. This is the toolbox store? Yes. Okay. Hot as balls. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty fired up at this point. Yeah. You know, cause now like you're not seeing any of those guys anymore. You got another fill in rider. So it's like starting all over. 
And uh, I get to the track. I build my bike. There's no fucking cold water in the cooler. There's nothing to eat in the fridge. In the parking lot of Daytona, building a motorcycle for 13 hours. So, you know, if you have to leave and go get food and water every time you're building this bike, you turn a 12-hour build day into a 14-hour build day. And we don't want to do that. We're trying to get it done to go sit down for some dinner and get ready for the shit show the next day, which there was rain in the forecast. It's going to be a mutter. So we're like, you know, trying to hurry. So Saturday rolls around. We're, this was, I believe, the first year we went in the garages. So no, none of the canopy setups or none of that shit. We're in yeah. the NASCAR garages. Yeah. We get everything all set up. I go to make a sandwich. There's no sandwich. No sandwich stuff? No sandwich stuff. No water. <laughs> no nothing. So I went uh, blue. Brian was our truck driver, the old factory Yamaha guy. I went to blue and I said, dude, what's with the water? Like Gatorade something? Yeah. And he goes, points to the side. He goes, right there, dude. Get anything you want. I look out. It's a fucking snack bar. I'm like, you can be kidding me, dude. Whatever. So I go get a snack bar. Doug's not there yet. It's Friday. Doug shows up. And, uh, you know, typical Doug, you know, just shows up. Fucking happy-go-lucky. We're all pissed. Yeah, because Everyone on the team is fucking out. Yeah. steaming, dude. So I've, I tell Doug, I'm like, hey, what's up? Uh, what's, who's buying the fucking food and drinks around here, dude? Like, this is getting to be a little too much. Like, we need to, well, they said we need to cut down on, we're spending too much money on food, spend over $500 a week on food. And I'm like, well, did it dawn on anybody that when you bring in 400 riders and mechanics, that the food bill's probably going to go up? And so, you know, I'm like, we kind of got into a little heated argument. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, just kind of go do your work type of deal. He's just going to shush me out the door. So I went back, did my work, you know, and the more obviously I got out there, the more it stood on me and pissed me off. And I'm going to other teams. My buddies, hey, Duke, I get a bottle of water. So the old Dougie was about to head to the airport to go pick up the rock star chicks. And uh, we got into a pretty heated altercation, um, verbal, and basically told me, he's like, dude, you need to either shut up or fucking step up. And I was confused. I'm like, is this guy challenging me to a fist fight? Or is he telling me, like, I need to buy my own drinks, like, grow up? I don't know what the hell he was saying. So um, my cousin's husband was in the air conditioning industry, been in there his whole life. We had talked at a previous Gin Canna about me possibly getting in that trade, but it's yeah. a union trade. So getting into the union when there's so many people on the books is hard, right. very hard. Well, I didn't know he started the process already. He put my name in. So me and Doug get into this altercation and he tells me I need to step up. I'm going to pick the fucking rock star girls up. When I get back, you make up your mind what you want to do. Something along those lines. I'm sure there was some different wording or timeline might be off a little bit. I said, well, that's fucking odd. What do I do now? You know, like I'm on the fucking hot plate. As I'm walking out the back of the semi door to go into the garage, my, my cousin calls me. And he's like, hey, can you be can you be in Gardena on Monday at 8 o'clock? And I'm like, um, no, I fly home Monday. Uh, we build on Sunday. I fly home on Monday. 
I can be in Gardena on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. I said, what am I going to Gardena for? He's like, yeah, you get sworn into the union. I said, oh, shit, I'm an air conditioning guy now. And he goes, yep. And I'm like, okay. I go, all right. Do they have water there? <laughs> I'm like, all Can right. I get some snacks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Shit just got real, you know? So I'm halfway out the door when that phone conversation goes around. I turn around, and Doug's standing there, and I go, hey, bud. I fucking stepped up. This is it. I'm fucking done. Fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. And the, the that look on his face was like, what? This he did. I don't think he understood what just happened. I don't understand. I don't. I know he didn't understand what just happened. And when I said that, I think he thought like I was done that day. I wasn't gonna man this motorcycle throughout the weekend. Yeah. So I told him. I said, Hey, dude. Uh, I, I got you this weekend. I'll finish. Um, I will call Nico and let him know what's going on. Um, you guys can let Pike know or whatever, you know, like I don't care. I'll tell Pike whatever you want to do. I'll stay on Sunday. I'll build the bike for whoever's going to take over. And then I'll pack my shit and I'm going home. Mm. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, like everyone was kind of like, this guy's fucking bluffing. So Sunday morning before we built, I found a Sears about 15 miles down the road. I went and got a big blue tub. Built my bike, literally took my whole toolbox, dude, and just went in that blue tub, zip tied it, told Blue, blue, hey, dude, ship this for me, please. Monday morning, he shipped my tools out, and it was it. That was it. That was it. That's it for the motorcycles. Yeah, so when when, uh, when Bobby and them got there, and Brad got there, they came in a lot later, they kind of knew something was up, but they didn't know. Yeah. And so, dude, Saturday, right before the main event, they want to sit down and have a meeting on how they're going to keep me. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I got a job to do. Right. Let's let's have this conversation after. We went and did the race. It was a full mud fest. Come back. You know, bike's fucking blown up or whatever. Yeah. Bike didn't finish. You're like, thank God this is over with. Yeah. I come back and I'm like getting all my shit cleaned up, like hurrying, you know, pressure wash my bike. I'm like, I have this meeting, you know, and maybe they can. Oh, they can't do nothing, you know, because I'm gone. Yeah. I already have another job but I could maybe make it a little bit better for somebody else. Right. Whoever's going to take over. I back up and they're fucking, no one came to me. Really? No one. So I don't know from before the 250, 450 main event to the end. I don't know what was said. Right. But Bobby didn't come to me. Brad didn't come to me. Nothing. Huh. So I landed Monday. Flew on Monday. I landed about 2.30, got them, jumped in my car, went to, uh, Went down to the uh, shop, loaded up the rest of my shit from the shop, and never looked back. Really? And that's the last time you had a mm-hmm. mechanic job mm-hmm. paid. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So now we're an hour past, but now that you look back, do you ever think like, oh, man, I made the right decision. Like, this is way better for me. Or do you think that a part of you – still would want to be in it and you'd be a, maybe you would be in a different position right now in the industry. So, um, that, that is a 50, 50 for me. So I love my job. I love the people I work with. I've been there for almost the same company for 11 years. They're family, family owned business that I've known my whole life. So I would never, ever say that I miss doing what I did before, but obviously I miss it. Because I find things like this to help you guys out. Right. Um, a kid that you used to help out, Cody Gibson, 
I was wrenching all his shit for a while. So uh, I do enjoy that mechanicing and working on building stuff for people and watching kids shred motorcycles. I don't, I'm very opinionated and very open with my voice. <laughs> so I don't think I would have ever made it to a factory team. Because you would have been ape shit. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't have the ability to remain quiet. Yeah. So, and in those factories, they don't, you know, you have, you're playing. Yeah, you got to fall in line. It's corporate world. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I have, dude, I, I helped so many people, Justin Shanty at Kawasaki, like that guy came to me at MGM Grand when I was working for Jeff Alessi, wanted to internship and work for the Alessis as a mechanic. Right. So, like, and this guy's been at Factory Calgary for three years now, had some of the best riders, he's got championships to his name. Right. So it's you can it's it's doable. I just I you got to hang in. You got to hang in, dude. You got to you got to grind. You got to suck the teat for a while. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look at Nate. Nate for uh, that was at uh, Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that guy was working for. He's a great dude. Yeah, sleeping in a box fan at Nationals, working for Durham yeah. and stuff. Look at where he's at now. Look at Steve said this many times on the show, like, and he was a mechanic. You don't make dick being a mechanic. You got to really love the sport. And it's not like you're going to get rich being a wrench for a rider unless you got a championship guy, then you make some bonuses, right? Yep, exactly. And I've heard some of the bonuses that they make, and it's great. Yep. But just like being a factory rider, that is very few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, so like my, my one of my best bonuses was when Vince got 10th in the 450 class at Oakland. And, dude, I got like a, I think it was like $4,000 bonus. Really? He just wrote me a check. Here, dude, here's a check. You've been busting your ass lately. And I was like, wow, dude, thanks. That's huge. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm ecstatic, dude. And yeah. then the next week, it was like a $1,200 bonus because of what he was getting off AMA. And I'm like, 10%'s good, dude. You don't have to pay that. Like, because I know you, you're, you're not racing on a huge budget yourself. Right. You know, I'm sure you're getting paid very limited. So I do miss it. I do love uh, being around that stuff, but. Dude, I love my family. I love being at home with them. I love nine to five in it. I love getting to ride again. Yeah. I love getting to golf with your kid. I love getting to go riding and test with you guys. Yeah, it's it's funny because you're a you're a mechanic. You have no time to go riding, mm -mm. and you basically started because you you started this whole thing because you rode dirt bikes, and then you get into the sport, you know. And sometimes when you do get into the sport, you don't ride as much as you want to. Yeah. Which is, so, which is one of the big reasons why I started doing what I did because I still loved riding so much. Yeah. I didn't want to give that part of it up, right? There's so, like, every job, so, like, through all the years and all my buddies, like, you know, we got into golf. Some of my friends went to work at TaylorMade. They fucking hate golf. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to golf. Anything of, or RC doing cars. too much of anything is yeah. not good. Yeah. It's just, I'm, gonna, it, I'm a testament to that right now. Yeah. Like, I'm burned out, right? For sure. But I would rather be where I'm at now versus having to go uh, put a roof on some house at yeah. 106 degree heat right yep. now in California. So yeah. it's all relative. Yep. So, but yeah, uh, no, I, I met a lot of good people. I, I have no regrets about anything I did. No regrets. No regrets. Not, not even, even a not even a single letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, dude. I met a lot of rad people. Um, I was shocked. I mean, Osborne. I hadn't seen Osborne in ten years. Right. Yeah. I didn't really talk to Osborne when he was coming back as a professional motocrosser, but I knew him from amateurs. We did the rock tar intro, dude, and the guy picks me out and comes right over me. Yeah, dude, what have you been doing? Like, so I've that's rare though. He's a good dude. Like, he's a very not, good there's dude. There's not very many of him in him. Yeah, there was, dude. What when we do another one of these? 
Yeah, uh, we're gonna do more. Yeah, Ryanville. I, I got. I've had more questions written down, but we're past the point. Right. So, like, I want to talk more about Villapoto. Yes, we can go. Like, I want to yeah, talk more about Dan because you know I knew Dan a little bit. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to. Whenever <laughs> we do that, dude, I'm gonna need to bring some, t- <laughs> some tissues. Cause yeah. Dan was like a dad to me. Dan was cool, man. Yeah. He'd, even even after Ryan kind of got on his own, got yep. married, have kids, Dan would be out riding with us at Glen Helen. Yep. Just loved riding dirt bikes. He's a, he was a really good he, dude. That guy was. I spent a long time with Ryan and his parents when he was younger on mini bikes because yep. we would shoot when he was on Yamahas, even yep. before Cowies. Yep. Uh, he would do photo shoots with me. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got him the year year after he got off Yamahas. So Just if you guys sure. like this uh, kind of mechanic style story time uh email me chris at keyforinktesting.com we'll keep this thing going or if you want to hit up eddie sure we got to get i, I got to work on getting you a damn ad. that's what i'm gonna write i gotta write this down we need we need to get eddie a email here yeah since you're doing so much shit but <laughs> right now what is your email it's e-d-l-a-r-e-t at yahoo.com so there it is. If you want to hear more stories and uh, talk shit with us, uh, we're happy to do that here. I think breaking it up from the normal testing-based episodes that we do is uh, is fun for me. And just like uh, what I said at the top of the show, when I hear these stories when we're just out bullshitting at the track or driving or whatever, I was like, ah, oh, this would be great. We should just do a show like this. So this is a snippet of what I get from Eddie. And just like you said, um, uh, it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. From you, uh, sometimes yeah. my, I'm like that to Aiden, but he's not used to hearing stuff like that. Besides me, so when you do it, I sit back and I love it because I'm like, oh yeah, he's getting it straight up, just like yeah. I would do it to him. So it's fun. Yeah, we we at Loretta's, we probably would have spent oh. more time at the beer garden than we would have spent at mechanics. <laughs> Heather would have been with you. Yeah. Heather would have been with you for yeah. sure. <laughs> hey, uh, we got a P12 start. He's back to 17th. Yeah. I'm out. It's yeah. too hot. Oh. I'm going to stand it over here We for got a crash minutes. on lap one and a DNF, people. We're out. Look at that money just going to <laughs> shit all over the track. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, stay tuned for more testing-based episodes. They are coming soon. Uh, hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com for any information, questions that you may have. And, of course, please support the advertisers that support this show. Uh, it helps us out greatly. And if you guys want some merch, you can go to our shop center uh, over on my website or hit up, that's right, Mrs. Kiefer, Big Boobs McGee, Heather, at keyforinktesting.com. That is her address, and she can help you out with anything merchandise-related if you don't see it on our website, or if you say, hey, I want that, and it's not in stock, she can probably get it for you. So we're here to help. Happy to help you guys as always. And if you see us at the track, stop in and say hi. We can bullshit a little bit as well. And uh, I'm all over Southern California. And, uh, yeah, it's been a fun episode. Thank you, Eddie. No problem. uh, Thank you. We'll see you guys next week.